Hi, this is David Michelini, and I wrote Amazing Spider-Man, and you're listening to Amazing Spider-Talk. Too many who know the angles, uncover and untangle All the questions and the webs left out to tangle be in Welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdan, and I'm the founder and editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And I'm Mark Chinacchio, founder of the Chasing Amazing blog and an editor at Superior Spider Talk. Well, Mark, it's been a little bit of a, a break here, traveling around the country and all that. But we're back. Yeah, are, are you on par, part of Parker Industries or something? Or what's your, 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 your jet set are you? Yeah, you know, and, and I'm headed off to South by Southwest in March. So who knows? I, the schedule might be offset just a little bit here. Oh, my goodness. South by Southwest. Did, did, did you get replaced by like a hipster millennial, Dan? Uh, no, I've always been a hipster millennial. That's my secret. Uh, okay, understood. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for joining us for the eighth episode of our coverage of Volume Four of Amazing Spider-Man. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Yes, Dan, and for this episode, we'll be discussing Amazing Spider-Man Volume 4, Number 8 by Dan Slott and Matteo Bufagni. Then we'll review your comments and emails, and we're going to give away a big old prize today and have new prizes to announce too, right? Yeah, all kinds of new prizes. Woo! Everybody Woo-hoo. likes prizes. You would like prizes. It might I be like a free- chimichanga. <laughs> No, that's not. That's it's the wrong pod, comic to be podcasting about, Dan. There are no chimichangas in this in this uh, podcast. Well, maybe during our Flash Thompson Flash reviews next week, we'll we'll get some chimichangas. There we go. Hopefully, the chimichangas will stay in Flash. <laughs> well, today we're going to be answering the eternal question here, Mark. Will my killer be the car? All right, Dan, so we're at the end of the Dark Forces arc, uh, the, this little three-parter with Cloak and Dagger and Mr. Negative and in Shanghai and, and uh, you know, lots of good stuff going on. Um, I got to tell you, overall impressions, this was another okay, I didn't hate it, but I'm not in love with an issue of Amazing Spider-Man, but I, I guess that's a good thing these days? I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm being, I sound snarky in saying that, but, you know, this was... This was perfectly acceptable comic book storytelling, right? Yeah, I, I'd actually put it even like maybe a slight step above that. I, I actually liked this issue, and I think if there's any reservations I have, it's that 
all these new elements kind of remain not entirely fleshed out to me. I don't really care that much about the supporting cast in this book. But, I mean, structurally and as a comic, I mean, you said in your review it's like showing up to work, get you a medal. This is showing up to work and doing a good job and, like – Maybe I'm just feeling charitable, but, you know, I actually thought this was a really satisfying conclusion to this story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think for the most part, you know, kind of talking at it from a very technical level, um, I think that, you know, this this whole arc, the, the issue resolves this arc with restraint and logic, and then it also coherently sets up the next arc involving the Zodiac. Um, so... Um, yeah, it did its job. I mean, that's, that's kind of feels like faint praise to me, but it definitely did its job. It, 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 I think this was probably the most structurally sound of a slot comic we've gotten since this series rebooted, or, I mean, maybe you can make a case for the first issues, but that was so much just being unfurled that, you know, like it, that almost isn't a class by itself, but certainly since the first issue, I feel like this was kind of the most, um, well-structured, uh, story for Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like if this is the pace, I mean, I think one of the things that really makes it stand out is that the pace is just so much slower and more restrained. They're like, there's real, like, Dan Slot seems to be investing in the moments that he's creating in this issue and 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 things play into each other well i mean i even this is this this is like really kind of faint praise but like this issue took the time to like merge dialogue over you know page turns to like you know to you know one scene would set up the next in a poetic fashion and i thought dan slot has either got more time to invest in adding those elements in or this story is just all the elements are working. They're meshing together better than we've seen before in previous issues. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that the fact that we're dealing with like some familiar terrain for, for Dan Slott, I mean, in terms of Mr. Negative and, and, and not, not, not that he's had a lot of experience with cloak and dagger, but I mean, you know, they were a part of his magnum opus, Spider Island. So, I mean, I think maybe that's playing into it. Also, you know, he finally got to do his spider, big Spider-Mobile story that he's been dying to do, I think, forever. Uh, you know, um, so maybe that's what had something to do with it. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't I don't want to I don't want to sound like I'm being negative because I I, I, I I don't have a lot of bad things to say about this. Um, but, but let's, I mean, let's talk about some of the finer points in the issue. Um, I mean, you know, I just started by saying, oh, I don't have anything negative to say, but, um, I was a little thrown by the beginning here with the, with the, with the police force and like this kind of like weird anti-American sentiment coming from them. What, what are you, what was that about, Dan? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that we had commented on in, in previous episodes where there's kind of this, I had said that the, you know, this Dr. Wu character had kind of conflicting, uh, uh, relationships with, between his nationality and the police force and his, you know, his relationship with Parker Industries. And I felt like this was meant to be kind of like the wrap up to that storyline, but I don't really know what the takeaway was, except that they've decided to kind of work together. But to me, that wasn't, there wasn't enough setup or enough payoff to really 
make this something that I knew what was supposed to be taken away from this. Yeah, I mean, you know, the only the only thing I could have, you know, gotten out of this was if this is just kind of like another example of the, you know, the dents in the armor of Parker Industries, so to speak. The fact that, you know, you know, even though he's successful and in all these countries and stuff, it's not like he's being Peter and his and his work is being warmly embraced by by the locals. I mean, you know, we kind of saw that in the issue that took place in Africa as well. There was kind of like this this um, cultural pushback um, against what Parker Industries was doing. You know, like he he you know that there there are systems in place, um, but you know, actually, I think as as frustrating as the Africa issue was that was at least a little more well formulated where this just kind of seems like there. And, and, and like you said, there's no true payoff to it. So I, I, but that was just my only speculation. I agree with you on the second point, but on the first part, I actually took something very different away from it. Like I, 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 I didn't necessarily think that they felt negatively towards Spider-Man, but they, but they definitely regard him as an outsider. And I, I felt like by the end of the first page, the idea was that, like, yes, they have their differences, and yes, he is an outsider, but they've kind of decided to work together and that they they can see past these kind of labels. And Spider-Man even makes a joke about it saying, you know, ah, oh, I'm great. You know, I, I can learn, you know, a lot for an American, you know. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it, I, didn't, I didn't see it as a negative thing per se. Yeah. I mean, it, it – Maybe that's just it. It wasn't negative, but it wasn't positive. I, I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, and the fact that we're walking away with two very different readings of it says all we need to say is that it's right. not particularly clear. Right. Um, but then we get to the, the big award ceremony, and I guess we kind of jumped the gun a little bit last episode when we talked about um, Mr. Negative kind of not um, keeping tabs on on his master plan uh, to, 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 uh, to not poison, but to, uh, drug Queen how using Peter. Um, cause you know, this is, I guess is where it's all supposed to happen. Um, but before we talk about like the, the execution of the, of, of the ceremony, I do want to kind of throw in a note about Bufagni's art here. Um, I, I, I don't know, Dan, I, I am just really struggling with his, his artwork throughout this whole arc really, but specifically in these scenes where there's like a lot of people out of costume, like I feel like everything is just so loose. It's very hard to discern characters for me at least. I mean, am I being like obtuse here? I mean, like everything just seems like, like I didn't even realize that was Peter until clearly the, the, the dialogue coming from his mouth was something that Peter Parker would say. Right. Yeah, you know, I think I think it works well when people are in costume. Like, I think his costume characters look great. The kind of like iconographical look, like Mister Negative. There's no details on his white suit, and I think that's kind of a cool, otherworldly right. kind of look. And I love that Spider-Man's like red, really sleek suit. It's the first one to kind of the first artist that really kind of sold me on this kind of new upgraded. Spider-Man suit, especially how the red popped in, right. in, in this. But yeah, his his uh, his character work does leave a lot to be desired. And I think the same goes with kind of sometimes the backgrounds are really nicely detailed, but there are so many surfaces that are just kind of like, you know, like like a, a sleek metal surface. It just kind of becomes very nondescript 
Um, and it doesn't allow things like the Spider-Mobile, which is this, you know, amazing metallic contraption to really stand out because it, it just kind of blends in with the rest of, uh, of, uh, of the environment. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. I mean, like, I, I, I just kind of feel good that it's not just me here. Um, I, I, I mean, think, I think like one of the, I mean, I want to say again, I think his, the way his characters use their body language is su- superb. Uh, there's just great nuanced, you know, like the way people hold themselves, it, it seems very natural, um, which I don't think someone like uh, Humberto Ra- – not Humberto Ramos. Clearly, Humberto Ramos, his stuff is very different. But um, Giuseppe Comancoli, I feel like his characters can often feel very stiff and strangely posed, um, mm. where I think Buffagni kind of has that down to, to his science. Um, and I think his layouts are really nice too. There's a lot of great you know, wide imagery of the battle – over the city if not particularly detailed they're nicely laid out images yeah yeah no i i agree with that the layout is definitely i mean you know i mean talking about that city battle in terms of the the vertical orientation you know along the skyscraper was certainly very cleverly laid out um so it's not all negatives but yeah i mean like i i i think of of all the artists we've had um on ASM over the years, I mean, I would kind of rank this Bufagni art where like where Kamikoli stuff was when he first started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it just kind of felt like, oh, here's Kamikoli. Okay. This might be, you know, might be some good, there might be some average stuff, but um He's not yeah. burst, he's not bursting onto the scene in the way like Stegman did, where people were like, I taking notice of this guy. Right, exactly. Or even even I mean not that Ramos burst onto the scene, but his artwork is just so distinct that, you know, it, it adds its own flavor to the story. So the ceremony happens. Uh, we have some editorial typos in, in, in this scene. Um, and uh, what did, you, did you have some issues with the trophy? Uh, <laughs> no, I was just saying, I'm, you're looking at the notes here. I, I, was, I wrote, is it just me or does the trophy look like a sex toy? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, maybe that's where my mind is, but I saw that thing and I was like, what the hell is he holding? Well, there you go, everybody. There Dan, you go. Dan, Dan, Dan's got an opinion and uh, just saying, not that there's anything wrong with that, right, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> also, there's like a moment, they're, they're selling this, but the whole... The whole point of this story is that they're selling – or one of the key points of this story is that they're selling this Spider-Mobile to the people of China that's going to help clean their air. And this is the kind of thing that like I wish someone paid attention to in the Marvel Universe, but it would be absolutely asinine if someone did. Wherein like every time a new technology is implemented, everybody has to kind of like use it. Like webware should be a thing that's in every book now. You know, right. if it's as global as it says it is. But the next time we come back to China in a Spider-Man book, I want to see Spider-Mobiles driving on every building because you know? <laughs> people are going to own this thing. If it's going to if they're going to sell it, people should have it like Tesla's, you know, like they should be. I don't know what it's like in New York, but in L.A., there's Tesla's every other car. You know, right. Not really, because, you know, we're, we're still jaded and angry people, whereas, you know, you Californians are relaxed and groovy. Well, Elon and, Musk is like 20 minutes from my house, so. All right, well, there you go. There you go. Um, so, um, you know, we, 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 we I, I, I do say with, with this whole, like, 
master plan of Mr. Negatives and Peter's involvement. I, I mean, again, I still feel like even though we got a little bit more of a payoff of, of what was supposed to happen in this issue. I don't know. Like I would have liked to see like Peter, at least like feign like some complicity in, in trying to go along with this plan. I mean, like, you know, we, he, he kind of just, you know, very quickly abandoned ship and is like, well, I've been, you know, negative's going to be ticked off. <laughs> I mean, like, there's no, there's no ruse. I don't know. I wanted a ruse. I, 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 I kind of, I kind of felt sad about that. <laughs> well, it is, it is kind of, you know, putting itself forward as like a spy kind of book. So maybe that's why you're feeling that that need for the kind of spy genre cliches, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was, there was, there was no doubt that this, this, you know, that. Negative's plan was 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 Fubar from the get go, and that Cloak and Dagger would be coming in. But, um, and this whole thing with Quing Hao, I mean, I don't know. Like this 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 was a subplot. I still don't fully understand what we were supposed to get out of this. Like why this character was so important, and how it you know this was going to lead to the lead to the destruction of Parker Industries because of him and his relationship to Mister Negative. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one that was confused about that because I I just I guess I don't even understand necessarily what his relationship to this whole deal is. You know, like I know he's an important figure and I like the whole bit about like how he gets a second chance and and you know, Mr. Negative blackmailing him. I think that's interesting, but I never really bought into the plight of this character um necessarily. Like what I don't get his relationships between all these various things, and maybe it's just there's too many moving pieces for me to really concentrate all that much on it. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, the whole the whole ruse that wasn't a ruse being undone did lead to I think a really well crafted battle scene with Negative and Cloak and Dagger and the police and and like. You know, one of the few times, and you know, I, I don't again need to be sound. I don't want to sound snide saying this, but one of the few times where there's definitely, like, I feel like Slot has Peter executing a, a well-designed plan, right? Oh, I mean, on on all fronts between the police and you know his. I like that he was like thinking about it. He thought, okay, well, of course, the first person I'm going to need to take out is Cloak, so he yeah. doesn't just take everybody out of there. It was, it was a really well designed plan. Uh, you know, even that that could allow for mistakes, like uh, or not even mistakes, but unforeseen consequences, like the Spider Mobile crashing through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> um. Of course, we do get in the in the midst of this the scene unfolding. Uh, uh, I I thought a classic Dan Slot beat the joke into the ground moment with an Admiral Akbar. It's a trap joke. Yeah, as I mean, much as like, I like Admiral Akbar jokes, I was like, it it wasn't great the first time, but it's the repeating it that kills right, it. Right, exactly. It's like I have to explain this joke because you know, just in case you didn't find it funny. The first time I'm going to explain it now, which is just, you know, evidence of a joke failing. I, I don't know, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was that moment and the handshake on the first page where he says, like, uh, for an American, those two moments were the only two real moments in this book where I was like, huh? Like, yeah, 
those were the two sore thumbs. But the rest of it, I mean, I thought was pretty pretty solid. There's, I mean, just to just to like take it back to the fight again. I guess we never left the fight, but to talk about the fight again. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, Let's keep let, talking about that fight. <laughs> are you okay? I just want to reiterate: we're talking about the fight, Mark. Are you with me? I'm with you. All okay, right. Keep, all right. Keep, take me on the train, man. All right. This is my preface. We're at the fight. Okay. So we're at the fight. There's like four different layers to this fight, which I thought were like, you know, the way it was laid out geographically and how the fight was shown, I thought was really clear and really like wonderfully. The transitions were good, you know, between who was doing what and when. I felt like I got a real sense of this fight. Like, and, and there's Cloak and Dagger and there's Wing, Wing, Za, Wing Hasa, How. How would you say his name? Uh, Mr. Negative and his inner demons and the police and the Spider-Mobile. But never once did I feel like it was too much, even though really there's a lot going on there. Yeah. And, of course, the Spider-Meal sp- – Spider-Meal? The Spider-Mobile is uh, being – I'll have uh, one Spider-Meal, please. One Spider-Meal with a side of tater tots. Um, Papa so- Jonas. So yeah, Papa Jonas. How about a potato top pizza from Papa Jonas? Anyway, oh, Leanne. So we kind of knew this, I guess, but I still feel like it has not been remotely explored enough for it to be stated so explicitly. But Leanne is Peter's girlfriend, right? I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's the word showed up, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. all right. I mean, I mean. That I know you mentioned the other two things, the sore thumbs. That was a sore thumb moment for me because it's like, I mean, again, I I understand that there's been some like insinuation, but like, if that's actually the case, can these characters have like any chemistry with each other? Please, like, there's not. I mean, you know, we're gonna we're we're gonna, we're gonna be talking about one of the ultimate Spider-Man relationship books next week. Um, and you know, just like dealing with this, like I, I don't know where Leanne stands in the uh, in the 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 gallery of Spider Women, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like it's this her her first appearance of pulling her helmet off in that first issue did not nearly match up to Mary Jane's first appearance. Is that what you're saying, Mark? Is that is that the comparison that you're you're striving to make here? I, I mean. Look, there, 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 there was more chemistry between Peter and and Sarah from the astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine book. Sarah and she, Bailey, Bailey, and she like a, shows up in like one of those six issues. <laughs> you realize they got married there. Well, I know, but like, I mean, and that all takes place over the span of an issue, and I bought it because I was like, oh, you know, like this was Will Belt, and I can feel the chemistry there. This is like, oh, yes, she's his girlfriend attacking him with a spider mobile. Sure, there you go. Just, just go with it. <laughs> but at least they're doing something with that character. Like, yes, they're doing something. I think in the review I said that you know she's not fully formed, but there's some there's some bones there, a little bit of skin, a little bit of hair. Like she's getting there. You you're know? painting like, a really disturbing picture. <laughs> Sorry, Spider Man is just like like he's he's like his girlfriend's like a corpse. Is, yeah, what, is well, what you're saying. Well, aren't they all in, when it comes to Spider Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that, that's unfortunately true. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but um, and you know the the battle itself. I mean, I, I I agree with you. I liked the 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 um the choreography of all the different things going on. But the same token, I never 
got the sense that Peter was going to lose this battle here, right? I mean, not that you ever really think the hero is going to lose the battle, but this one especially so seems the, 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 the actual danger seemed light. Yeah, I agree with you, but I don't think that that's really out of character for Spider-Man comics, you know? Like, this is a kind of book that I would lump in almost around the same time that Cloak and Dagger were first introduced, that kind of, like, late 70s, early 80s era of Spider-Man, where it was kind of, like, villain of the three issues, you know? This is like a tarantula kind of story, where it's like, it's not really a threat, but there's going to be some consequences to... Peter's world and his and his life and I thought okay we got some backstory on this world I mean there's some big changes regarding cloak and dagger which I appreciated that made this book seem and, and even Martin Lee that whole switch over that I'm going to walk out of this book and say there was something consequential maybe Peter wasn't in trouble but uh his world is changing a little bit yeah, but we'll also see how that all pays off. I mean, if that's those other elements, I'm just saying. Mark, you are so cynical. How, how cynical. dare you suggest that something would be set up and not really paid off that well? Well, I mean, the way they ended this issue, I was like, I'm like, oh, are they going to announce a Cloak and Dagger series? Alas, you know. I mean, you just... never know. But yeah, that, that final posing of them on there, I was like, this is an awesome, I mean, Say what you will about his art, but that final panel is really awesome. Yeah, but uh, like we need we need that Nick Spencer Amarillo series, and we're just never going to get it. We're yeah. never going to get it. Although uh, I don't know if you've read that book recently, but the end of that book is one of the most baffling endings to a comic I've ever read. I have to reread it. I, yeah. I have I have I have not read it since it came out. So I went back and reread it before reading this arc because I knew we were. I wanted to get updated on them. And the ending of that book is just there's like a new villain introduced at the end that I have no idea who it is. It was really baffling. But anyway, right. Um, so uh, it's also worth noting that once again another mole at Parker Industries gets a second chance. Um, Parker Industries is apparently the place you can go and screw up. And still have a job and actually get rewarded for it. Yeah, right. That was one of the big questions I had is like, if this is his girlfriend, why didn't she approach him earlier and be like, hey, my mother is like dying. Do you think I could get like, I mean, maybe it's kind of like sleeping your way to the top for benefits, but like, couldn't she have asked for some kind of support? And it's, and then Peter's like, well, whatever, I'm going to give you support anyway because we have the kind of assets to do that. So it makes you wonder why she didn't just try in the first place. Because it wouldn't be convenient. <laughs> um, what, what if this book ended where Peter's like, sorry, your, your mother is just going to have to die? <laughs> <laughs> With great power. You will, you were irresponsible, so I, I don't I don't have to be responsible for you. Uh, <laughs> do you have a have a grade on this, Dan, or is there anything else you want to say? Uh, I did want to give a shout out to the letterer because uh, I I like the I mean despite the spelling mistakes, uh, which has become part and parcel with books these days. It's not nearly as bad as the final issues of Scarlet Spider where people would be straight up called the wrong names. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was a couple in this book, and I've noticed it over... But the, anyway, the positive I wanted to say is that I like the variable sizes of letterings that were being done in the word balloons, which is not something you typically see 
in uh, Marvel Comics. They kind of like to keep their – I mean at least to my mind, they like to keep their lettering kind of stable unless they're doing like big onomatopoeia. Right. I just wanted to say – that whoever the letterer is, and you I did great. Yeah, you did great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mark, what about your grade then? Well, what did you grade? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm giving this one a, a B plus. B plus. All right. You know, you just assume that you said it when when you instead were just searching for the name of the letterer for like the last thirty minutes. This took thirty minutes, kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm no, kidding. Oh, I'm you, never mind. Never mind. No, you know what? I meant to say B. I'm giving it a B. Okay. Ooh, Ooh. man. Uh, now, you're, now you're revealing the sausage making, Dan. Someone, someone's <laughs> gonna hold me to that. No, uh, and I, I'm, I'm gonna go a notch below you and say B minus. All right, great. All right, well, Dan, uh, how about you set us up with a terrible transition? Let's transition. And a little trainer, walk a little prouder, be an innovator, laugh a little louder, go for every trainer. Now's the time of the show where you get me to say Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Which you, of course, you can sign up for by going to our Patreon account, Patreon, Patreon account, uh, by linking here. Right? I'm assuming you're putting a link in this thing. I remember I can't do links anymore. Oh, so ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a link in the show notes uh, for you to go to the Patreon page. So there check that go. out, or you can go to both of our pages and click on the big button that reads Mark. Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Where did we name it that? Mark, every time you say that, I'm carving a notch into my bedpost like some kind of serial killer. Uh, <laughs> got a, the death of the English language carving yeah. into my, my bed. Well, speaking of carving, no. I'm not even going to make that transition. <laughs> Let's celebrate our newest member, Chris Stimson. Thank you, Chris, for joining the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Scratch. Yep. Thank you, Chris. Uh, we were doing a big raffle, and if you become a patron, you can be entered into the raffle. And what were we raffling, Mark? Uh, it was a big old Avengers encyclopedia, which you got through means I don't even want to discuss. I don't want to talk about the people you killed. They got this book, Dan. <laughs> Let's just say I, I definitely didn't sleep my way up with Peter Parker to get this one. No, no. It said you threatened to kill your boss. No. <laughs> Something like that. In a giant car. <laughs> In a giant car. So uh, who won this big old Avengers encyclopedia? I'm going to... Uh, probably butcher his name, but it's Jason Carrier, Car- Carrier, if he's French. Oh, ooh, wee oui, wee. Oui. Um, well, well, congratulations, Jason, and enjoy uh, the book that has everything you could ever want to know about who was on the Avengers ever. I mean, everything you would could want to know. It's exhaustive. So uh, there you go, Jason. Check your mail in the next week or so, and you'll get that big monster book coming your way um we also gave away a bunch of other stuff on our patron page uh to our patrons this week we gave away over 30 digital comics so uh you know you can help us out our next goal is only 25 dollars away that guarantees 
images in our podcast. I'm sure that's not that special because I've done it for every episode so far, but uh, it will be a treasured thing for you when my life gets crazier. Right, exactly. Um, and for then, those of you who don't re- <laughs> who don't buy this comic and use our show to catch up. There you go. And then we have our, another raffle. I mean, Dan, th- these raffles are incredible. I don't know how you keep doing it. Well, we're uh, going to keep going with these things. So uh, in two weeks, uh, our next review episode, we're going to be giving away a hardcover copy of a, a brand new book. Mark, what book is it? Amazing, fantastic, incredible, a marvelous memoir, the new Stan Lee biography comic, which is written by Stan Lee and Peter David. Yeah, it's just like, what would you say, like a hundred some pages, Mark? Yeah. Did you hear that Stan, Stan Lee was on uh, my favorite show, Comic Book Men, and he was bad-mouthing Jerry Conway again? Was he really? I didn't hear yeah, this. I wasn't even in the country when they killed Gwen Stacy. Oh, now it's gone global. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> poor Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry was very uh, eloquent about responding to it on Twitter. He's like, yes, well, Stan is a good storyteller, and this is one he likes to tell a lot. It ha- doesn't happen to be true, though. <laughs> but in this book, doesn't he say otherwise that it was like he that Jerry came to him and asked to kill Gwen Stacy? Uh, Dan, the story changes. I mean, you know, Jerry, Jerry was on our show. He said that there was a conversation. And and Ramita was uh, whatever we're we're rehashing history anyway. Well, anyway, if you want to get directly from Stanley's perhaps untrustworthy mouth, <laughs> uh, his story of his life told in graphic novel form, uh, just come and sign up for our Patreon page, and you'll be entered into the raffle. All right, Dan. Well, uh, speaking of untrustworthy mouths, let's talk about some comments and emails. So, of course, uh, we we welcome all of your comments and emails, uh, especially those comments on our iTunes page, which you should hopefully also leave with a star rating because that's what helps us grow as a community. Uh, If you do have questions, uh, email us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com or tweet at us with the hashtag okay to print hashtag also you can call up our uh, our hotline nine red goblin and order a pizza leave us a comment tell us what you think about the show um and order pizza so uh if you haven't told i'm talking about pizza right now dan oh great yes um <laughs> uh, you know, this is kind of like you talking about the fight scene. Um, <laughs> so uh, our, our first comment here is from, and I'm going to butcher this name, Adam Skuka from Canada. Should I make an A joke, Dan, or is that just like low-hanging fruit? <laughs> no, no, you you should go for it. Okay. From Canada, eh? Oh, and Canadian bacon. Oh, we, we we can talk about bacon's now. That, which, that's our that's our thing. Yes, Canadians yeah. are unfortunately going to be subjected to us talking about Canadian bacon every time that they come up. Yeah, although Canadian bacon on an egg McMuffin, very good, Dad. I'm all about anyway. It. Yeah, especially now that you can get breakfast all day. This podcast was not brought to you by McDonald's. Did you, uh, their profits went up a lot? I because it was smart. 
But again, we're not sponsored by McDonald's, so why are we doing this? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> even, I don't even eat there, but I can marvel at their profits. Yeah, Marvel. There you go. I like so what you did there. Speaking of Marvel, let's. So go speaking of Marvel, <laughs> Adam writes fantastic podcast about all things Spider Man. Five out of five stars. So this is not another three star review, which is good. Oh, oh, oh we're gonna blow some shade on that review for the rest. Of <laughs> for the rest of society, for the rest of civilization. Uh, Dan and Mark are two very knowledgeable people when it comes to the world of Spider Man comics or just comics in general. They're a lighthearted show. We'll have you laughing and looking deeper into the comics of the Spider Man world. They're up-to-date reviews on current issues are very insightful and the flash reviews of b titles are always nice to have that's ah. right another fan of the flash uh this is an excellent podcast that helped me to understand more and more about the spidey universe and of course that annuals count ah uh, i got, come on. got you to say it mark uh, <laughs> uh one thing i want to say is um adam actually messaged me about this that I didn't read this comment when he originally posted it. And it's because there's two different comment feeds for Canada and for the U.S. And so I kind of missed out on a bunch of the Canadian reviews. So if you've left us a Canadian review and I haven't read it, I'm really sorry that I missed out on that. But um, send me a message and let me know to check there because otherwise I'm not changing my nationality on iTunes to go and find these things all the time. So... So do, like, Canadian editions of Spider-Man comics count, Dan? Not for my collection. Oh, oh, okay. I just wanted to get that on record. All right. But there are several issues of uh, Amazing Spider-Man that only came out in Canada. Really? There's, like, some of those educational Spider-Man issues that are uh, Canada-only prints. Okay, I'm assuming he like teams up with Alpha Flight or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> to fight gonorrhea or something. Because that's God. it's a real problem for Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's always scratching. All right, all right. All right. So speaking of gonorrhea, I heard we have a voicemail. Oh, that's a terrible transition, Mark. And that's staying in. <laughs> yes, we do have a voicemail, so let's listen to that voicemail now. Hey, Mark and Dan, I love you guys' show. I listen to it on my way home from work. Makes the commute nicer. You guys do an awesome job. Keep up the good work. Bye. Sounds good. Th- thanks for leaving that anonymous caller. You know, this this reminds me, actually, if you guys call in, please let us know who you are and where you're from so so we can build a, a relationship with you. Uh, you know, it's always nice to have female callers. Uh, we don't get a lot of those. So thanks, whoever you are. Uh, but, yeah, next yeah. Call, call back in and let us know who you are. Um, the, next person, the next person who calls and leaves their name and number will get that special PSA Spider-Man Sasquatch gonorrhea <laughs> issue of Alpha Flight. <laughs> Um, and we also got another voicemail uh, from another listener, but uh, it, I could I had a difficult time making it out, and they also didn't leave their name and where they're from, so I can't play it. So if if you called in and you're not hearing it right now, try calling back in with a better connection uh, so that we can hear you over the phone. But uh, we'd love to answer your question, whoever you are. All right, Dan. Well, why don't you take us to the bridge? Yes. Well, this is a, a short episode here, Mark, uh, which is kind of nice, actually. I'm sure people appreciate that. Just getting was this, their meat and was potatoes. This 
I was going to say, was this an interview with Adam Kubert or? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, was pretty, I, that was pretty short, wasn't it? I, I kid Adam. I thank him again for coming on the show. Yeah, it was fun. Anyway, uh, of course, if you want to listen to that Adam Kubert interview, you can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.com or find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching for Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do, please be sure to leave us a review. And eventually we're going to be on Google, but I have no idea idea when they're planning on launching that service okay well i i, I wait with bated breath dan <laughs> um also be sure to check us out on facebook and to subscribe to our sister podcast the ultimate spin uh you know they've had they got a new spider-man book out with miles morales so perfect jumping on point um also leave us your voicemails at nine red goblin and uh leave us your name and who you are so uh you know we know who you are we can we can as dan said have a relationship with you which just sounds a little too intimate but that's okay especially after uh, talking about gonorrhea in such an extended format exactly but no let us let us know who you are even you know unless you're just ordering a pizza in which case keep up the mystery i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> well next week mark uh we're going to be discussing our next essential which i believe is your pick again well you know yeah well you know you just need to find better essentials dan that's true that's true, <laughs> that's true. we'll do we'll do a whole run of your picks coming up but you know it's 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 the month of love and whatnot so we're going to be talking about spider-man blue next week so uh if you if you have a copy of it i would i would definitely check it out and and so you can be prepared to talk about our story all right there you go well uh mark where can we find you on the internet this week well, you, of course, you could find me on SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. I will be wrapping up the top 10 Spider-Man mutant stories list. I haven't figured out what my next list is going to be, Dan. We should talk about that off the air. Uh, no, let's find... do it. Let's do 15 minutes on that right now. No, no. We, 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 we're having a short episode. Let's stick to it. Okay. Um, and then on Twitter, you can find me at ChasingASMblog. And what about you, Dan? Yeah, you can find me in the same places you can find your work at SuperiorSpiderTalk.com and on Twitter at at SupSpiderTalk. Nice. Any movie reviews? Not right now. Just kind of focusing on finding work and, 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 uh, and things like that. So no movie reviews this week. Although, I think we can both recommend that you go and check out Deadpool. But I suspect that anybody listening to a Spider-Man podcast is probably already seeing Deadpool. It's possible. They could be someone like me. I mean, I actually saw this movie miraculously, but yeah, um, I usually don't see movies until like three months after the fact. So you never know. That's true. Uh, You're right. But they're, go they're uh, probably going to see it anyway. All right, Stan. So what kind of wacky situation are you going to make me improv about this time? N nothing wacky. I, I wanted to have an honest heart to heart with you, Mark. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, I, I don't really know why I wanted to talk to you about this, but I felt like maybe you could be sympathetic to me. I never really had a father figure in my life that was interested in cars, and I still really don't know much about them today. Sometimes I feel like I'm going to battle with my car as I have to repair it week after week, and boy, have there been a lot of repairs. I've been driving Ubermark, so, you know, I had to get my car all, all, all ready to go. But yeah, uh, we, we've talked about the Uber thing. That scares me, Dan. <laughs> I'm not going to get murdered, hopefully, but yeah. maybe some vomit in the back of my car. But I'm curious, did you grow up in a culture of cars in your family? Oh, well, you know, my my my. <laughs> so my my Uncle Ben, um, I'm not surprised that it was him that you decided. To well, you know, he was a major influence in my life, and and you know, I remember when we were growing up, 
he had this wonderful this this huge Cadillac and and you know he would um you know take it around uh the town like to all like fine dining establishments uh you know he'd smoke some cigars in there um you know uh, did, did did I tell you that Ben's last name was Gotti no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, no. It, it, the, the joke also works if he was Uncle Ben Ginocchio, like me, um, because you know this terrible thing. You know, he was he was you know in, enjoying a meal. This 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 uh, some 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 macaroni and gravy at um, you know some some fine Italian restaurant in That's Queens. Quite the combo. Yeah. You know the the caddy was parked out front. And Dan, you're not going to believe this, but like he returned to his car, he turned the key to the ignition, the car just went up like a, like a, like a boom. I mean, you know, like I thought I was watching an episode. I was across the street, you know, just minding my P's and Q's. You know, I didn't, I didn't go over to the restaurant where Uncle Ben was having dinner. Um, but yeah, that was it. He died. Um, wow. It is Cadillac turning the key. Um, That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody, so, do they know who did it? No, no, you know, and, 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 and no one really ever so showed much interest because, you know, Uncle Ben was a quiet guy who got blown up in a Cadillac. Was, it, was he a man of few words? <laughs> Very few words, but but he did have one thing he always liked to say, uh, even even when he had few words, which was with great podcasts must also come amazing spider talk. 